You're listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org. Hi, I'm on location at Traverse City, and I'll be reading from Genesis 12, verses 1 through 9. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Abram took his wife Sarai and his brother's son Lot and all the possessions that they had gathered and the persons whom they had acquired in Haran. And they set forth to go to the land of Canaan. When they had come to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place of Sashem, to the oak of Moriah. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So that he built there an altar to the Lord, who had appeared to him. And there he moved onto the hill, hill country, excuse me, on the west side or east side of Bethel and pitched his tent. With Bethel on the west, and I on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and invoked the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on by stages toward the Negev. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. On the road again Going places that I've never been Seeing things that I may never see again I can't wait to get on the road again On the road again Like a man of gypsies we go down Let us pray. Good and gracious God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I love a good road trip, especially on the way there. A road trip for me is all about anticipation, getting to the destination of fun and vacation. And even as I anticipate the vacation, I anticipate the road trip there. And so I go to AAA and I get triptychs and guidebooks, even though I know we're gonna use the GPS the whole time, I at least have those just in case, right? And I pack good snacks for the road, and I, I, get, I, I get all kinds of snacks like pretzels and chips and Swedish fish and M&Ms, and I'll also get carrots and grapes just so we feel healthy. <laughs> um, and I la- download good books to, to listen to. And my microphone just fell off. I love having my family trapped in the car. Then they have to talk to me. 
It's about a nine and a half hour drive to get to our family's vacation destination of Des Moines, Iowa. We go for Thanksgiving every year and maybe once or twice uh, the rest of the year. And usually on the way there, we'll go, we'll stay over in a hotel. And it's just kind of fun because we're excited. But on the way back, straight through. Let's just get home. Oh, I looked forward to this last Thanksgiving in Iowa. On our way there, we picked up our daughter Allison at Albion College, and it was so nice to just have the four of us trapped in the car together. And again, they had to talk to me. Oh. When I get on the road, I know where I'm going. I know when I want to get there, and I'm not really always that much fun. Because I don't want to stop and explore and see what's here and walk around and sit down and have a nice dinner. I just want to get there. Let's just go, right? We don't need to see the sights. Our spring break trip this last year, we drove to Florida and we were meeting, uh, we were going with some friends, but they left early. They invited us to go too, but they left early so that they could stop and stop in Tennessee and they could see all the different things that they wanted to see. And I said, no, we won't be doing that. We're just going to get on the road. So we left a day later and we, ran, we, we met up with them in Atlanta when it was late after dinner so we didn't have to do anything but sleep and then get up and go the next day drive straight through. Bathroom trips, gas, that's really fast food. That's all we stop for. A travel agent uh, blog that I found detailed the benefits of a road trip. She wrote, when a person is on a road trip, they don't need to follow any schedule. They can decide any destination or spontaneously plan anything midway. There's no worry on a road trip. No flight or train to catch, no hurry to reach a destination. A person can go away from the regular routine and schedule an unwind, and unwind fully. It's on a road trip that a person gets to choose their departure and arrival time, itinerary, and stops along the way. The flexibility is one of the biggest perks of a road trip. Having a good vehicle equipped with essentials, gear, and a good roof rack, car to haul, the luggage makes the road trip more comfortable and enjoyable along the way. I could not agree less with this blogger. I guess I'm not spontaneous. I don't know. Time and time again throughout the Bible, God's calling demands that the recipient be spontaneous and go. They have to abandon their plans, their carefully mapped out intentions, and just leave. And the next several weeks of this sermon series on the road again, we're going to talk about just that, about the biblical road trips and the way that God encounters people on the road the way God's calling leads us into our uncharted destinations. <coughs> Today, we begin in the book of Genesis, which is appropriate because Genesis means beginning. And so we start in Genesis after creation, after Adam and Eve, after Noah, Abraham. And then at that point, once we hit Abraham, the rest of Genesis... And much of really the rest of the first five books of the Bible are about a road trip. <coughs> this makes sense because Abraham was a nomad and so were his descendants. They were traveling people, but they kind of stuck to where they knew. 
And we begin to know their story when Abraham, or at this point is Abram, receives a call from God. Abram and his family are unique because they believe in one God, and the other people at that time believed in many gods. They were polytheistic. And so um, Abram was monotheistic, and so was his, uh, his family, his nephew and his uh, wife and all of them were monotheistic, so they had a special relationship with God. <coughs> they were special to God, even though they really didn't feel special. Because Abram and Sarai were facing infertility their whole life. They had no offspring. They had no one to help with their livelihood. And they dealt with this fact for many, many years. At this point, they were old with no one to carry on their family. It's when they feel that family is not ever an option that God calls. God calls for them to go to leave all that they know to a new place, a place that God will show them, and God is going to make a nation out of their offspring. God will bless them, and because of them, everyone else to come, not just their family, but everyone will be blessed. God promises, I will bless you, I will make you a great nation, others will bless you, but to have these blessings, you've got to get on the road. And they don't know where they're going to go. They don't know what stops they will have on the way. They are just called to go. These first few verses of Scripture today lay all of that out. They set the stage for the rest of the book of Genesis, which is basically, like I said, all one big road trip. And it's all the beginning of our story of faith. It goes back to Abram and his call. And from him comes Isaac and Ishmael and Jacob and Esau and Joseph and his coat of many colors and gets him sent to Egypt, Moses and Pharaoh, and on and on. This covenant between God and the people then culminates, of course, with Jesus and then the birth of the church. But it all hinges on God's request for Abram to go. Abram had a choice. He didn't know how his life would unfold. He didn't have a Bible or a backstory or didn't have a church or people that just walked around talking about God. He was pretty new in creation, and he had to choose. He had to choose between following God, taking a risk, living into the hope that God provided, or stay where it was comfortable. He didn't know it, but his choice would affect the course of history. Now, we're faced with choices all of our lives, all of the time. Big choices, little choices. Some are easy, some are painfully hard. If I take this job, how will it affect my family? Will moving my kids traumatize them? If I go back to school, will it be worth it? Do I stay in a job that makes me unhappy, or do I take a risk and leave? How do I spend my money? How, how do I invest my money? What school do I send my kids to? At what age should I retire? Where should I live in retirement? How shall I share my assets? Should I make a living will? What are my advanced directives? The way we t- choose doesn't just affect us as individuals, but it affects those we love, and often for years to come. For Abram's choice 
Ultimately, he had to decide if he was going to trust someone greater than he and go where he was sent with no real idea of where he was going. How often in life, when we are making life choices, big choices, do we seek God's guidance in making them? Do we pray to God for help and and direction in the decision process? Or do we pray for the answer that we really want? Abram's choice was more than just seeking God's guidance. It was putting his future, his life, his hope, all on God. It was making the covenant with God his number one priority. I wonder if God said to you, I will bless you. I will make you a great nation. Just pack up everything and move to a foreign land and never return. Would you go? As I was slowly and cautiously walking down a spiral staircase at annual conference just a week ago, I was reminded that I am afraid of heights. I don't know when this happened. It hasn't been my whole life. When I was a kid, I loved taking risks. I loved roller coasters. I remember going to the Grand Canyon and standing on the edge and making my mother very nervous. Um, parasailing in Jamaica. I loved all those things. Now they terrify me. Maybe it was because I became a parent and so risk-taking is a little bit harder and protective. I've got more that I have to think about than myself and I don't want to get hurt or worse. So I'm afraid risk is hard. Faith is not all that different. It means risking, trusting in someone greater than yourself and finding that when we do, When we put our faith in God, we allow God to set our path, and we open ourselves up to tremendous blessing. When Abram answered the call, he set out on his journey, and he didn't go alone. Sarai, of course, was with him. His nephew Lot was with him. The others that they had met in Haran came too, and as well as everything they owned. And of course, God was with them. They set out. I'm sure they were scared. I'm sure they had no idea what to expect. But they trusted God and they traveled. And God met Abram on the road. This reaffirmed the promise of offspring and land. And Abram trusted as God delivered. In his book, Holy Sweat, Tim Hansel tells this story. One day, he and his son, Zach, were out in the country, and they were climbing around in some cliffs. Tim heard a voice from above, Hey, Dad, catch me! He turned around, and Zach was jumping off a rock straight at Tim. He jumped and yelled, Hey, Dad! Tim became an instant circus act, catching him and running around trying to make sure he caught him, and he did. He caught him, but they both fell to the ground, and Tim could hardly talk after, talk after catching him. When he found his voice again, he said, Zach, can you give me one reason why you did that? And Zach calmly replied, sure, because you're my dad. His whole assurance was based on the fact that his father was trustworthy. He could live life to the hilt because his dad could be trusted. Time and time again, throughout our series this summer, we'll be reminded that God is trustworthy, that God delivers, that God will be there, that God will bless us. 
Abram and Sarai must have been tired and frustrated and angry and lonely when God called. Abram could have said, God, why would I follow your call and not gone? But he opened himself up to God's promise. Abram set his face towards God and built his family on his covenant with God. And because of Abram's willingness to follow, his children knew God, his family shaped the world's history, and they were blessed just as God promised. It is in our times of barrenness that God can feel the most distant, but it is also in those times that we need God the most. Putting our trust in God opens us up to God's presence, God's deliverance. The the path that God sets before us might not be what we expect, but God goes before us, guiding our feet, lighting the way. Like Abram and Sarai, may we have the strength to put our trust in God to lead us on the road. Amen. You've been listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org.